Joining us here in the studio for the news briefing is Son Ji-un. Ji-un, good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. Well, I was talking about the debate that took place between the two opposition candidates, Oh Se-hoon and An Chol-su. There does seem to be some interesting things going on here in the mm-hmm. dynamics of the race because we're seeing now uh, a lot of the, what we call k a m j u n g in Korean, right? Like right. looking over the people's backgrounds to see the mm-hmm. vetting process, to see how capable or qualified they are. Uh, a lot of that is being focused now on the former mayor of Seoul. He is the main opposition candidate, PPP candidate, Oh Se-hoon. And really right now seems to be the one that has the momentum. Now, He is now being tied up because everyone's talking about real estate. Everyone's angry about mm-hmm. real estate. And it looks like he's got some real estate issues of his own to deal with. What's this all about? Right. Uh, the allegations was first brought up by ruling DP representative Chun Jun-ho earlier this month. Uh, it turns out that Oh's wife had inherited a plot of land in Negokdong from her father in 1970 when her father passed, uh, which, isn't, which in itself isn't a problem to begin with. But it turns out that that patch of land was later designated as the National Rental Housing District by Seoul Housing and Communities Corporation in October 2009, which is coincidentally uh, when Oh had served as the mayor of Seoul. Now, as a result, Oh and his in-laws benefited some 3.6 billion won. Okay, so what you're describing here sounds like a classic case of somebody who's mm-hmm. got um, privileged information and using it and uh, kind of pulling strings to be able to get a massive profit through real estate acquisitions. This was indeed brought up. I, we talked about the school lunch program, mm-hmm. but probably this is the more pertinent issue. It was brought up by a n c h o s u during that debate. Um, um, so what, what happened there? Right. So um, it's not something you, you'd expect from two candidates who only have like a day left to unify mm. their candidacy ahead of a major election. But that's what had happened. An brought it up during the TV debate against O. Oh. Yesterday, uh, An brought the scandal to attention to which O oh replied he would resign immediately should anyone, that is anyone including employees of the city of Seoul um, and SH, can present evidence that had shown that he had shown interest in making Negokdong the National Rental Housing District or that he had exerted both direct or indirect influence to do so. Yeah, so uh, basically staking his candidacy on the issue, claiming the innocence. However, uh, to a lot of people, his story just doesn't simply add up Mm -hmm. and it does look like he has some explaining to do. Yes. Uh, He, in fact, made a couple of rebuttals to the ongoing allegations yesterday. He uh, said although he and his in-laws received some 3.6 billion won in compensation, the land was sold to SH at a discounted price at the time, lower than the then market price. Mm. Uh, To this, An replied, what matters is that he made 3.6 billion won, which the public will feel comparatively deprived of. It gets more interesting because O did not let An take the point as he pointed out that An is in no position to make such a comment 
probably referring to some 100 billion won worth asset of Ans. Now, to allegations that he exerted his power as the mayor of Seoul to designate the land as National Rental Housing District, he had earlier explained that the decision was made even before he became the mayor and that he had no knowledge of his wife owning that plot of land at the time. However, according to an official document submitted by ruling DP representative Chun, the city of Seoul, uh, the city of Seoul, this is, requested that the Nagokdong area be designated as the National Rental Housing District, and that was in 2009 when Oh was the sitting mayor of Seoul. Moreover, it also turns out that he had known about the land all along, as he himself reported the property since 2000, which was when he was first elected as a member of the National Assembly. Now, his camp later explained that he had, of course, known known about the land, but what he meant was that he didn't know that the land was the land in question. So, <laughs> let's be very blunt. Either he has a very bad memory, and he's mm-hmm. very forgetful about things, or he was lying, right? I mean, yes. it's, 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 that's the way it, it lays out right now. He's staking his candidacy on the fact that he's innocent, but as you say, some of these details just don't make sense. Was he in power at the time? Well, mm-hmm. apparently it was, but he said he wasn't, and that was an oversight. It, he claims that his w- wife owned properties uh, under their names, but he did not know about this. Maybe I'm just much more poor and uh, <laughs> lower level, but I, I feel like I would know if my, my wife owned property. It and would be it something made that would you be... 3.6 billion. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm a humble guy, and so it seems like that kind of huge asset acquisition <laughs> would be something that mm. would be um, on my radar. All of this kind of indicates something very interesting in Korean politics. And you might not, uh, if you're just an average kind of person who's not engaged, might think, oh, who's really got the momentum here? Who really is considered to be the threat? Well, um, the ruling party seems to definitely um, figure out that their main threat is Oh Sehun, because all of these attacks have mm-hmm. been generated on that side right. to the extent that even An Chelsu basically played the attack dog for the ruling party mm-hmm. by bringing these allegations up during yes. the debate, meaning that Oh Sehun is the guy that uh, they feel needs to be knocked down a peg. Well, where does that leave An Chelsu? Seemed like he was the favorite for a brief period of time. Mm-hmm. It seems like that momentum, though, unfortunately for him, has died down. And this issue of consolidating the candidacy has become very contentious. Uh, some would say even very ugly. How can Ansharsu reverse his fortunes and maybe kind of gain that political advantage again? He, I guess, brought out uh, what you could consider to be a trump card or a bold proposal uh, prior to the primary. He's basically saying now, look, you guys wanted it. I'm going to join your main opposition force, right? What's going on here? Well, now that a public polling between the two candidates is right around the corner, An flashed his Trump card in a desperate move to gain conservatives' votes. Um, I would say PPP's vote, the main opposition supporters' vote. Yesterday, he pledged to unify their parties together. That is, his, his People's Party and the main opposition People's Power Party. Once he wins the unified candidacy representing the opposition, block in the Seoul mayoral election. He also answered to a reporter that he would uh, go, go ahead with the uh, consolidation of the party, 
parties, even if he'd lose in the election. Now, unlike what he had expected, the main opposition didn't really budge an inch, which is not surprising considering how Ahn had earlier turned down their offer to join forces. Now, PPP interim chief Kim Jong-un responded by saying he doesn't understand what Ahn's saying all of a sudden when it was him who refused to represent PPP. Now, Ahn's primary rival O also pointed out that the timing of the consolidation isn't right and asked why that has to come after the election. He called for immediate actions for party consolidation starting now if that's what Ahn is up for. Yeah, and so there are people who are steadfastly supportive of Ahn and you Mm -hmm. see them uh, on these online message boards uh, being quite loud and vocal in support of him. But the main criticisms that people have, and if you've observed his over decade now of uh, political experience, is that there is this uh, accusation that An tends to be a very, very, um, I guess he likes to kind of peer over the situation very carefully and Mm -hmm. figure out what's to his advantage and never will commit to anything until it is maximally something that will benefit him. Uh, There's a term about, I guess, you know, looking at your liver that we can roughly translate in Mm -hmm. in Korean, right? That Mm -hmm. that, um, has that uh, kind of view on it. Uh, But uh, the main opposition doesn't seem to be falling for it this time because what they're saying basically is, and you have to give them, uh, I think, some leeway here. They they have a point. They've been asking An to join the yes. party for a long time. Why now, all of mm-hmm. a sudden, when the polls now are in our favor, that do you yes. make this proposal? And again, why after the primary mm-hmm. process? Why don't you join and come in and be part of the primary process within the party, which was what they had asked for in the yes. beginning? Now, all of a sudden, he says, I'm going to join the party. And even if I lose, I'm going to join the party. So you guys maybe should uh, think about supporting mm-hmm. me. It's, it's gotten ugly. I, I think the war of words between him and Kim Jong-un have also gotten quite ugly. They're talking about debate uh, abilities and, and yes. then accusing um, Kim Jong-un of being this sort of interloper, kind of jumping around different political mm-hmm. parties. And so, so there are some rough feelings involved. They do want to consult these Kansas because this is a golden opportunity for them to take the sole mayoral position if they can get their act together and consolidate uh, up against uh, Park Young-sun, which we will see happen in the next couple of days. All right, let's quickly move on to some of the other news, including our all-important COVID-19 updates. The daily confirmed cases. Looks like uh, we got a little glimmer of sunshine here in terms of the numbers, right? Yes. I reported on Monday that the number was in their high 400s and that health authorities were very wary of what could be potentially another uh, a fourth wave of coronavirus. But for now, the numbers have come back down to 300s. The day before yesterday and yesterday, the country each reported 382 and 363 confirmed cases, respectively. Now, the the country's total caseloads stand at 96,380. Now, of the 363 reported yesterday, 345 were locally transmitted cases, while 18 were imported cases. Uh, We saw three more deaths, unfortunately, uh, making the death toll uh, 1,678. As usual, Seoul, Gyeonggi, and Incheon accounts for well over half of daily caseloads, with each reporting 79, 148, and 14, respectively. The south of Gyeongsang is still struggling to contain the cluster infection that started from a public bath, and yesterday it reported 65 cases. Okay, so 
numbers look like and hopefully continue to go down. Um, that uh, mm-hmm. horrific uh, fear of a third or fourth wave yes. doesn't seem to have happened. So uh, the progress uh, being made on the quarantine front. What about inoculation? Um, everyone, uh, the media especially, talking up the side effects of AstraZeneca, uh, reports of some European uh, countries uh, suspending some batches mm-hmm. of, uh, there's some confusion there, but some uh, remaining batches that they had of yes. the AstraZeneca uh, va- vaccines. How is all this affecting Korea? Right. So first of all, the inoculation program is well on its track in Korea. In fact, the president and the first lady are scheduled to get their first dose of AstraZeneca shot next week. Yesterday, 11,920 22 people uh, got their first dose of vaccine shots, and that makes the total number of vaccinated people 602,150. And this is just those who received their first doses. Now, meanwhile, a number of European countries, such as Germany, Italy, and France, suspended the use of AstraZeneca vaccine over reports of blood clots in some recipients. Uh, the European Medi- Medicines Agency is scheduled. to hold a meeting to review the issue uh, this Thursday, March 18th, local time. International regulators, however, have said that there is no proven evidence that the vaccine is related to the blood clots. The institution reiterated its uh, positions that the benefits of the AstraZeneca vaccines continue to outweigh the cost. Amor Cook, the director of the European Medicines Agency, said that at present there is no indication that vaccine has caused these conditions, but that at uh, but as this is a serious concern, they will undergo a detailed scientific evaluation. Now, here in Korea, Park Yong-jun, a KDCA official, said that the agency will keep a close eye on the result of the meeting and review the course of follow-up measures, hinting that a suspension could be one option for Korea too. Right, and so uh, we should repeat the fact that one Once again, that up till now, and uh, we have to keep our eye on the European Medicines Agency because they seem to be the ones uh, taking the lead here with the regulatory aspects of AstraZeneca, is that they have not found a causal link now Mm -hmm. with these cases of blood clotting and direct use of the AstraZeneca vaccine being uh, the culprit here. Korea obviously will be following the developments very closely Mm -hmm. as well. Some European countries making the decision to temporarily suspend the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, does not indicate that there is something definitively wrong here. This is over uh, an abundance of caution to do so. And so um, it is not yet time to panic, obviously. And the fact that the president and the first lady are going to be set to take this uh, vaccine is also another key indicator that Mm -hmm. at least among the high-ranking health officials here that has been given the go-ahead because you can't imagine that health officials, like someone like Chung Eun-kyung would say, all right, uh, President, you should take this shot even Mm -hmm. though it's it's dangerous because of what's at Mm -hmm. stake. So let's all kind of take a deep breath and again continue to uh, monitor all of that. Let's talk diplomacy now. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and the Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin, met their Japanese counterparts, had a so-called 2 plus 2 security talk. They call this the Quad. Um, and uh, they reaffirmed the uh, joint efforts to go against China's um, hegemony in the region as well as aggression from North Korea's nuclear threat. 
Yes, so Biden administration's top two security officials met with their Japanese counterparts, Foreign Minister Toshimitsu Motegi and Defense Minister Nobuo Kishi in Tokyo for the so-called 2 plus 2 security talks. And the two officials have now uh, are, are, are meeting with the Korean counterparts today. The focus of their talks were on keeping China and North Korea in check, which is something that we've heard repeatedly in the past. Blinken said uh, that the Biden administration is committed to working with U.S. allies and those in the region as they face challenges from China and North Korea. Now, in a joint statement released after the talks, the officials shared strong concerns over Beijing's unlawful maritime claims and activities in the South China Sea and unilateral action that seeks to change the status quo over the Japan, Japan-controlled East China Sea islands that China also claims. The U.S. officials described this as destabilizing actions by China and a pacing challenge for the department in the U.S. They also reaffirmed their commitment in fully denuclearizing North Korea. Blinken also said the U.S. and Japan reaffirmed the importance of their three-way partnership with South Korea for the security, peace, and prosperity of the Indo-Pacific region. Yeah, and so the tone of this, uh, without really talking about a peace process uh, regarding Mm -hmm. North Korea, uh, probably upset some of the people People who are more dovish and, and want to see that engagement policy yes. go forward. But we're going to get more details during our North Korea segment uh, later on in the program. As far as the meeting so far, and as you say, they're going to meet their Korean converse. Mm-hmm. And, and you would think the tenor and the wording would be different because Japan thinks of it in one way and then yes. Korea thinks of it in another way. And so they, of course, try to be on the same page with joint statements. China, though, they think this is all an effort to keep Japan and South Korea as bargaining chips and that the U.S. will never able to uh, break the link between its two allies and China? Yes, uh, China basically believes that everything that U.S. just said in Japan is a rhetoric that it says over and over again every year. An editorial piece on China's party-run media Global Times wrote that the more Washington stresses the importance of the U.S.-Japan and U.S.-South Korea's 2 plus 2 meetings, the more it makes the two meetings look like preparatory talks for the U.S. strategic dialogue with China. It also wrote that the U.S. consultation with Korea and Japan is directed at the U.S.-China relationship and that Korea and Japan have become Washington's strategic bargaining chips. The piece explains the real reason why Washington sees China as a threat is because of China's increasing economic development and the growth that comes with it. The article also pointed out the expansive economic cooperation between the two allies and China and that it's simply impossible for the U.S. to decouple Korea and Japan from China. And of course, there's the missing link between Japan and Korea that China is really happy about. The U.S. stresses three-way partnership, but Korea and Japan haven't been necessarily getting along very well. And in fact, it's been rough between the two lately. Uh, China thus believes that Korea and Japan are mere sidekicks and the main game is between them and the U.S. Yeah, I mean, so... To be fair, not really a flattering portrayal as far mm-hmm. as South Korea, not really considered no. to be relevant enough uh-huh. to be uh, a major player here. And they really do believe this is a two-player game, uh, the U.S. versus China. And uh, basically, if you're playing chess, Korea and Japan would be considered the pawns, right, mm-hmm. while they are the queens on the, on the chessboard. Well, so 
that is one issue, the uh, kind of trying to uh, subvert the growing influence of China in the Northeast Asia region. But the U.S. also has other items on the agenda. Namely, we talked about North Korea. Uh, The um, issue of North Korea, of course, caught the attention of North Korea itself, including uh, some of the top leaders, including the sister of the the top leader. And they had to say something about this. Yes, it was North Korea's first comment directed at the Biden administration. Earlier this week, a day after the U.S. officials arrived in Tokyo, Kim Yo-jong, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's powerful sister, warned the U.S. to refrain from causing a stink if it wants to sleep in peace for the next four years. She also criticized the U.S. and South Korea for holding their springtime joint military drills earlier last week. She said the good old spring days from three years ago uh, will not likely be repeated on the Korean peninsula, referring to when President Moon and North Korea leader Kim Jong-un had met at Panmunjom. She even threatened to scrap a military deal uh, the two Koreas had signed to ease tension and to disband the Committee for the Peaceful Reunification of the the Country, which handles cross-border affairs, saying that it has no reason to exist. Yeah, 2018 seems like so long ago now when we had this series of summits and everybody was up in uh, kind of a a euphoric hope that uh, unification was upon us. Mm -hmm. We just finished the Olympics. We had uh, a lot of hopes that not only denuclearization, but that uh, growing ties, maybe a peace treaty with the U.S., all of that was just around the corner and that Trump was this big savior that was going to facilitate all this. This all turned out to be not... The pandemic came upon us. It's really Mm -hmm. hit a lot of countries. It's really hit North Korea very hard as well. And so uh, we're seeing all of this kind of of come into play. But it is clear that Biden is taking a very different approach than Trump. And that may not be perhaps the way that North Korea would have wanted the issue uh, to have progressed. So uh, that is the way things stand now. And again, we'll talk about this in much more detail later on in our program. All right, uh, Chiyun, we are going to leave it there. I believe you are going to be uh, joining us tomorrow as well. You got some special reporting lined yes, up for I us in regarding uh, the Kyunggi and the foreign residents and some of mm-hmm. the uh, mandatory testing that uh, they've been complaining about. So we look forward to seeing you then. As always, thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow.